This is an Eva Burrows College podcast. The content covered here is intended for students enrolled in Eva Burrows College courses and is part of a larger learning context. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hi. Today I would like to talk about demand avoidance. Demand avoidance is a behavioural trait that all of us can demonstrate. It's where we may avoid demands, but they're not demands or threats. They can be cognitive demands, uh, interpersonal demands, stimulus and sensory demands, but it's anything which may place strain or stress on a person. And we all have really good avoidance traits, and we've got different tiers of avoidance as well. But why is this important to community services or the course that you're undertaking is because our clients and participants show demand avoidance. But what often happens is when they demonstrate these behaviors, we focus on the behavior rather than the function. Demand avoidance is a really simple way for us to analyze the reasons why someone may avoid something. And there's so many reasons and functions to that. This can include anxiety, autism, It could include the cognitive strain, for example, if they have an intellectual disability or an acquired brain injury. It may be that they have a history of trauma and they become quite anxious. It might be that they've failed that task before, so it's easier to avoid it. As you can see, there's many different functions. It's our role as professionals to look into why someone has avoided something. Rather than casting blame or judgment on a person, the moment we begin to empathize, we can start to look at the function. Not only does empathy allow us to maintain a positive relationship with our clients, but when we apply empathy, we can maybe reflect and we can change and alter our approach. I work with a gentleman in uh, Midwestern New South Wales, and he's been requesting to go for a bike ride for months and months. It was part of his goals. He had thought about it for quite some time. He envisioned himself going for this bike ride, and we embedded it into his goals and subsequently a plan. However, on the day that it was time to go, he took his time getting up in the morning. He was not able to find his socks. He um, showed um, minor abrasiveness. I wouldn't say aggression, but he was um, quite snappy at staff. And then when we went to go for a ride, he was saying it was too uh, windy, too sunny, and he didn't wish to attend. So he was using all these different techniques. When we got out the front, he began to show aggression, saying, swearing at staff, asking to be taken home. Um, and some level of paranoia explaining that he felt that the bike he was riding was not assembled correctly. Now, if we think of the iceberg analogy, which we're probably all familiar with, that you can see what's above the water with an iceberg, but you can't see what's underneath it. So above the iceberg, we could see all of these behaviors, abrasiveness, aggression, procrastination, stalling, uh, snappiness. Uh, He was also showing some physiology symptoms as well, such as rubbing his hands, grinding his teeth. He had dilated pupils. But then underneath the water, was demand avoidance. He found the task quite overwhelming. He hadn't done it before. There was a fear that he might fall over. There was a fear that he might make a fool out of himself and he was quite embarrassed. He was unsure of his physical capacity and that was confronting. And this is where functional behavior analysis is so important because now that we know the reasons for that demand avoidance and we empathize with that, we can reduce those elements that was preventing him from going on that bike ride and we focus on those areas. Another example, likely related to your course, is if you're working with someone who might have a drug or alcohol 
uh, addiction or dependency and you arrange for them to speak with a counsellor and they cancel their first few appointments and you contact them and they say, well, I couldn't go because public transport wasn't running. And as a human uh, being and on a personal level, that might frustrate you and that's okay. We can become frustrated as workers. But then we need to analyze, why would that person show avoidance? Why would they show demand avoidance? And it may be that speaking with a counselor is confronting. It may be that they've never spoken to one before, so they were unsure what it would be like. They might have a misperception and stereotype that that person might look into them and uh, psychologically analyze them. So if we start to hypothesize, which is to predict what the reasons are for the demand avoidance, we can again adjust our approach for that those needs, adjust our plan, remedy those concerns, and maybe increase the levels of support or intervention in order for that person to meet those goals or those needs. And that's what's meant by looking at demand avoidance. There are some conditions that will support that have more prevalence of demand avoidance. And in fact, there's research from um, the United Kingdom around pathological demand avoidance, which is when someone develops really strong connections with the skill sets to avoid tasks, and therefore it becomes pathological. Some of these conditions that can develop common demand avoidance can be acquired brain injury, intellectual disability, post-traumatic stress disorder, and autism. That's just to name a few. But these are all conditions where it may be easier to develop a strong skill set to avoid demands than it is for them to do a demand or request that their brain actually can't do or that they find so psychologically and emotionally overwhelming that they can't complete that task. And that's what's meant by demand avoidance. Now, what is the takeaway of this podcast? We need to consider why is someone avoiding completing something? What can I do to adjust my working style? How can I accommodate and meet the needs that would make someone avoid a demand or a request? What are the predisposing factors in that person that can lead them to avoid a demand or a request? This is all part of professional growth. It's all part of really clear analytics and how we adjust and continually improve the supports that we provide. Thanks again for listening.